0: This is a Culture Inject production.
1: You know, the alpha the meat, but, let, but anyways, <laughs> Jonathan, what is your second favorite performance?
0: So the second favorite one is my Lovin' at the VMAs. And this was the, the performance where they were in all black and I think they had like lace tops. All I can say is Maxine and Dawn were on fire. Like that was a level of energy and synergy and like uh, it was just, it was everything. Like it was just raw and, and they were like, you could feel the hunger. They wanted to get on that stage and perform. And they did that. And one of the things I love about Invoke Performances is how they're able to just, you know, for that, they didn't have any extra background singers or dancers, or it was just the four of them giving it all that they've got. Maxine had her little fro with a little curl to it. Um Dawn had her bob, and they were just going for it. So I this is it. the
2: one where there's the part where it's like, um, gave you many chances to make, and then they like kind of pause, and then like they, they come back in you,
0: yeah, like in the beginning, I think the host of the show, and it was like, make never gonna get it, and they come out and they're just like posing for a minute. is
2: Dennis Miller is it the? MTV Movie Awards from nineteen ninety two because I know in nineteen ninety two the VMAs they did "Free Your Mind."
0: Okay, so, so I, is... I think it was the Movie Awards.
2: I love that one too. That's a really good one. I would say because of the band. I think that's what like all the performances that we're saying. I'm thinking the band doesn't get enough love and of course we don't know who the band is we don't know who the band members are but I think that's what kind of separates their performances that were good from what were great because that band just gives it the extra kick and so I love how they interacted with the band in that performance with gave you what because first it's like da-da, 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 da. and then I remember Terry walks out and then she kind of touches Dennis Miller then they all kind of walk up from a different point of the stage okay so okay yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like the band is like the si- the secret weapon, the silent killer. Like they always, you always need a good band behind you, and um, yeah. So I think that really drove it. And like you said, they they looked great. They, I remember Don looked like I don't know maybe there was like a track missing or something, but she kept swinging her head around. I was like Don, stop swinging your head around. <laughs>
0: that bob, and it was like I mean, they're their said because that she had the asymmetrical bob. She was whipping yeah. that. Bob. <laughs>
2: I yeah uh, I I can't say enough like this is a really 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 good performance it's just so funky and it's like I don't was the was the tempo faster or something like it probably is it was a lot of
0: energy in that performance and to be honest like I can't really say I mean you know when you do a song 101 times you're not going to give it the best that you got every time but I think this may have been one of the earlier times where they performed my loving because they were giving it like they were super excited to be in the building that night.
2: Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I love how I love how in that era how even though they performed the songs multiple times on different platforms, it was all they all seemed different though. You know, like cuz even with the My Love and like they performed that at, you know, um The Grammys and it was a different thing. Like they didn't even, they didn't even sing the vocals. It was pre-recorded because it was more of a a show piece, you know. So I love the fact that every single performance felt different. One, because obviously they wore different outfits. You didn't know what kind of look they were going to give you. They added a part. They added a breakdown. So I like that, you know. Now some artists, they do the same thing over and over. Same track, same (laughs) breakdown, same outfit. Not, it's same, same pre-recorded vocals, nothing new. It's just you're getting the same performance on several different platforms. So I love like that era with Invogue and even other artists, how they would always find a, a way to reinvent. Doja I love Doja Cat. Day. You know, she was, she, Doja Cat, Doja Cat. I finally listened to her album, by the way. Um, and, uh, and I, and I love it or whatever, but I'm like, but I know that when she was performing that, performing her single, I forgot what it was called. Is it say, it's say so. But literally, she was doing like her, her promo of that on all these different award shows. And she always had a different genre rendition of Say So. I remember one was like, it was jazzy. Another one was like rock. Another one was, I was like, sis, you better come with, come with these different renditions. And I feel like we don't get a lot of variety with that anymore. Unless you're like this top tier artist. And I, and, but to see Invo do this like in the beginning of their career, is another reason why it makes them iconic. So, what's your 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 top top top?
2: Well, you gave me a perfect segue. You gave me a perfect segue because Doja Cat actually performed at this award show that Vogue was at, and she did say so. I feel like she did a medley, which I always love a good medley. She did say so. I think she—I forget the other two songs, but it was kind of like Chicago, and so she, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: what was it juicy one of them
2: had to be juicy I keep it juicy juicy and of course say so and I forget the third song but it was just so theatrical and I was like okay this is the best performance of the night until and Vogue came and did free your mind so this was the 2020 Billboard Music Awards show with free your mind and yeah and for me i mean like i said a band uh so you need a band like when there's a pre-recorded track I feel like that kind of I mean you can still give a good performance but you really have to like be on it like for me to even kind of rate it and so I think all of the performances that I picked they had a live band but this one in particular because it was a, a band of three black women um, who were kind of prominent on the stage like you saw them like that just made it you know even more special and the, the lead guitarist she came out and did her solo so that always makes it exciting because I, I, I just love the interaction between yeah musicians and the band if of course if if they're not a part of the band like if the musician is separate from the band i still like to see interaction i like a break you know i i just it's just that there's just a certain magic to that and so the band was prominent in it they looked great I like the outfits. I like the hair. I was kind of worried because I saw the red carpet and um, they just weren't giving anything. And I know we were in the midst of a pandemic, but I was just like, oh my God, I hope they gave them a budget. And they did. They they looked great. The band was great. <laughs> and they just overall, it. I would say like we were talking about Doja Cat, who's a new artist. She probably came out. Nope. No earlier than 2015 and to be performing on the same stage with a doja cat and with you know all of bts and all those people that are hot and you have a song from 1992 it's 2020 and it, they the the producers of the show feel that is so relevant that you could close out the show in an election year in a pandemic year all of this is going on and they're like we need free your mind by invogue the song is nearly 30 years old we're going to bring in Vogue back they look great then you get all of these reviews. Entertainment Weekly calling it the best show of the night. Like the press, the press was so good. So to see that in real time, it was just so gratifying. As a fan who's been rooting for them and just wanting them to win so bad, they definitely won that night. They looked great, they sounded great. And there's just something to be said for longevity. Uh, so I appreciate the performances where you know they're in their twenties and just starting. There, there's just there's a special magic to that. But then to be in the game so long and still be at the top of your game, I give it up to the Gladys Knights and the Shirley Bassies and all the people who can come out on a big night and deliver. And I, and Vogue yes. is now in that category.
1: To piggyback their red carpet look was definitely like a little bit lackluster, simply simply because. Two years before, when they performed with Salt and Pepper, like their red carpet look was very, very fun. It was like that those that like um, artsy looking like metallic color. I think uh, Rona was wearing like this like this like really pastel orange bodysuit with like uh, it was embellished. Like it, it, they just looked really fresh, really, really cute but then it comes down okay maybe they're just they're like coming to be cute to say hi to go backstage and they really put on their outfits because of course on the stage they look great like Terry with the, with those little like scary spice <laughs> stuff at the top and the hair coming out I thought was a great touch so they look great I mean it's obvious that the girls love black <laughs> love black and silver um, which I I'll I kinda want them to get out of and like give us some color true. On stage. You know, but I mean you can't you can't go wrong with black because there's always a black black you can do anything with black. I get <laughs> it. But I do want them to kind of give me some color.
2: But I am with you, like I love color, and so maybe that's why when um you know, you said your performance when they had the all pink, like and then JP's where they had like all different colors and it was like multicolored yeah, like I would like to see more of that, but I hmm that black must be their power color, you know.
1: So that would be great. I just wanted to wear some more, some more color because I'm, I'm, you know, the black and silver is getting a little bit.
2: I messy. agree. I agree. So, redundant. Yes.
1: Um. But so so um. My top performance. Well, so I love the fact that you did a performance in this era. You know, because I think all the performances that we that we chose are from like back in the day with EV4 in their prime, whatever. So I love that we were able to give them some flowers for 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 recently. Um, my favorite performance of all time is actually the Rosie O'Donnell Ooh. show <laughs> um, when they perform
3: whatever I'm you too much Take advantage of my tender heart and everything about me And giving you my trust, I'm giving you my love So do take care, be gentle with my heart
2: And
1: it was, it was with a lot um, Maxine was wearing her signature natural hair, and this time it was platinum blondes um, the girls look, the, the girls were wearing like, um, different color, like blouses, spaghetti strap blouses, um, and just leather pants They look really cute, really fun, really sporty. But baby, them live vocals were on point. Cindy's vocals, like, hit all those high notes, and everything I do is all about you, all that. I'm like, baby, she sounded phenomenal. Like that performance to me is like, is, is like top tier, especially them being in the E.B. 3 era without Dawn. I feel like it's kind of like, yes, Dawn is gone, but we can still sing. We're still in vogue. We still got it. Nothing has changed. So I, I love the fact that even, and even at the end of the performance, it went into this kind of like funk. Uh, funk a uh, beat to it and you can kind of see how Max got really into it because I I guess I have my live band. It really changes yes, the mood
0: it of the song.
1: So it went into this like bump, 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 the bump bump, bump, bump. And I was like, okay, this mm. is funky. So I love that. That's my favorite performance. I literally watched that at least once <laughs> okay. a month. At least once a month. Because whatever is one of my favorite in Vogue songs anyways. But yeah, that, that performance is very top tier to me.
2: I love how Rosie always showed them so much love because they were on her show. I don't know how long her show ran, but they have a couple of performances on there all the way up until For Riddle. Sure.
1: For sure. Thank you, Rosie. You yes. recognize the queens.
3: <laughs> I used to love watching Rosie. I used to stay home from school and watch Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think that's a gay boy thing because I feel like Ra- Rosie always had like... If, if nobody else was going to book the folks that the gays wanted to Rose see, Rosie would. was going to do it. So, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, oh, I guess I'll go. Mine is, um, so free your mind. I feel, I feel like we've seen free your mind performed five million times, but like, I love the SNL performance of free your mind. Um, and I think it's, for a number of reasons. I think it's the band. I think like we gotta, I really love the Matan. Matan always is going to bring up how live, the live component changes, it changes the thing. I mean, day. since first episode, <laughs> that has been a, a good talking point because it really, it changes it. Like I think we're tired of hear. We, we can predict the sort of like that we've heard the track so many times. We can, we don't, we know what it sounds like. And for such an energetic song, think- right. Right, and so when it's live, it just changes everything. I think that what's really like wild about this performance is that they are like it it just looks like they're having so much fun with it. SNL is a big stage to be on I think Um, it is now and I know that it probably was then as well and so um, they look good they're kind of giving like these like long sleeve jacket dresses that are super short. The heels are high. Like Terry and Dawn have like these, the sleeves are like leather. It's giving attitude. Um And then the choreography for us to have seen variations of it sort of over time. I think the choreography, like they just go in the hair is moving. The hair is bobbing and weaving and doing all <laughs> the things that it needs to do. Um, they are spinning. The kicks are high. It's just like, I don't know it's it, of all of the free your mind performances we've seen I feel like it is top tier and to me it gives uh a, the best essence of I think why I love En Vogue and so it's not subtle it's very over the top and I appreciate that Um it's just like the fierceness of En Vogue to me encapsulated in a performance fierce. um on such a big on a, such a big stage yeah.
2: And the audience response, like I love when there's a good audience response because sometimes they are killing it and then the audience is kind of dead. And so that can kind of, I don't know, it doesn't make it a bad performance, but it just maybe kind of affects like my um reaction to it or my perception of it. But when the audience gives it up and is into it and you hear like the cheering and the excitement that, you know, kind of elevates it too. And that performance, I just remember the audience being so into it and just giving it up for them when it was over. So that's another one. I don't.
3: That's... Oh, sorry, but Matan, that's why I think your choice was so interesting. Cause, like, I think the the Free Your Mind performance, then they didn't even have an audience, did why? they? Right, because of
2: the pandemic, they did not have an audience. And they
3: went in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't- <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Right. And then the response to that that came because now with social media and everything, like you can kind of see like the journalists were giving their opinions of the show. And you see like Entertainment Weekly, which is a respected magazine that's been around forever, saying that they have the best performance of the night. Like that, I guess, kind of um, was just like c- kind of confirmation, whereas other performances of like the your pick and pretty well some you know i don't know because like that's why i try not to read youtube comments because it can kind of like make me see things that i didn't see or kind of making me kind of consider things that might not necessarily be true but like for the soul train um lady the soul train performance where they did the old school medley i just remember a comment saying the audience didn't give it up for them like they should have like they didn't get a standing up. like why didn't they give them a standing ovation or something so then i was like hmm why didn't they give them a standing of it so then I don't want to kind of think about that though but then now I, I'm kind of forced to think about that but when like you can just hear the audience going crazy like there, it's just it just adds to that 10 out of 10 perfection so that's why that free your mind snl that audience and think about it that probably wasn't even a single at that time because I think maybe funky divas had just come out or what what have you so for it to be like a new song, you're kind of introducing it to like a mainstream audience on like a big platform, and to get that response, it's because your performance was great, not because people were familiar with it, so they did great.
1: So Jonathan, your top, your top in vogue performance.:
0: This moment I, moment was, I think it was huge, it was pivotal. It was the first time in Vogue had all four original members had been together since like 1996. And it was at the VH1 Hip Hop Honors where they performed What a Man with Salt and Pepper. Have you see my man? Hey,
3: yeah.
0: He's bounced six foot two with the light brown eyes. When it comes to putting it down, he knows what I like. He says all the right things, putting me in the mood. He knows exactly how to make me go to shoot. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. We like dedicate to We got real men in the house tonight? Make some noise.
0: And I remember this moment. I remember being so excited and disbelief, like, this is not happening. This is not a test. This is not a drill. Um the original in Vogue is back together, and they did "What a Man." They they had a little intro in the beginning where they did a little a cappella number, and they had on their army fatigue uh, assortment of outfits. And I remember Maxine had her blonde locks in, and it was just a very exciting time. And it's very nostalgic for me because I have been waiting for so many years to see. The original ladies get back together, and um it was a good performance. And we had never oh, seen my- them perform "What I'm In" before, so that was also really special because they never performed it.
2: Oh, I don't. I don't want to be disagreeable with that performance. I remember like that was college for me. I had to maybe my second or third year. I do remember watching Hip Hop Honors that year. I know Kanye was there, LL was there. I remember him bobbing his head to the performance. So I remember that watching it when it aired, um, to me, the chemistry was off. The acapella was off. I remember like Don was very off in that acapella. Um, so I was like, Ooh, and then I don't know, like they just seemed so out of energy. A lot of times it was like, Like, I like some of the choreography, but there was just something very off about the performance. And I know, like, I think at that time, Cindy's... um, I think one of her children might have been sick. Because they gave an interview and they said that she, you know, was at the hotel with her baby for whatever reasons. Cindy seemed... They just all seemed kind of tired. John tried to pick it up, but it seemed like she was the only one singing at certain points. So when I watch it, I don't know. I just... I can't get into that one. Like, if it was the Alicia Keys, like, they looked... Like that was a little bit more, you know, concise to me. The the, the performance for me,
1: it was exciting because it was in Vogue reunited. That was why I don't, and I don't think that I was expecting much because I felt like, what a man, it's it's salt and pepper, you know what I mean? But. That definitely was like an iconic moment to kind of see them all back together as, you know, full grown women, you know, burying the hatchet and trying to trying to create a new era. You know, um, I wish I did go to their tour, um, but I never did. But yeah. And it was kind of and I remember like watching clips of them, I think in those same outfits, by the way, <laughs> on tour and, and seeing them perform whatever, but perform whatever with Dawn. I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Because I know that you know she was on that album, but then was taken off because she left or whatever. So it was kind of cool to see her, you know, perform these songs with them in an era that she wasn't really a part of, and them doing that signature like uh, hip flex. Duh, 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 duh. i was like, "Come on, hips!" Moving his, I love I love that movement. It's so cute, but I think it's so simple. and It is like so cool. Like seeing them, them all like bop their head, but at the same time they didn't the music when it comes in. It's so cute to me. Frank Gatlin said, yes. um,
2: "Boom Cat." What's her name? Lorianne Gibson choreographed whatever. I didn't know that.
1: Wow. So there,
0: you know there
2: uh,
1: there is this performance. I don't know what it was on. I think it was MTV. It was like maybe like a a, a, a sponsored thing. But it was involved performing whatever and it was like a full choreographed performance. They had like a whole 16 count choreographed intro and I was like, where I was like, where did this come from? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? No! what What
3: is
0: it?
1: I'm like, I I have to find it, and it was—it's whatever, and it's like I'm like wait—they have like full choreography throughout the entire song, but I felt like it was like when the song first came out, because I promise you, every performance after that, that choreography was cut. Right? It was like it was a lot. I'm like, dang, they have to be out of breath, champ. You have (laughs) to
2: find that performance.
1: I don't know if it was like a Pepsi thing or like a McDonald's thing, but I remember seeing them. And it was, it was like a, it was like a pre recorded stage. They were on a sound stage, the three of them. Um, and, the, but yeah, it was like, and I was like, why didn't they do the choreography on all their other performances? Why was it just this one? Do you remember so how they like, looked? It. Yeah. Uh, it, it was definitely their like, their like EV3 look where, um, Cindy had the messy hair. Um Max was rocking I think Max was rocking braids at the time, I believe. Or maybe her hair was short. I'ma find it. I have to find it. Cause I was like, what's this choreography that I never I've never seen before? But like on me doing my deep dive into In Vogue, I found it. Um uh, so I'm gonna see if I can find it, send it to you guys. Listeners Listeners, if you know what I'm talking about, please comment on on, on something so we know what it is. So I don't uh,
0: go crazy trying to so, find it. So I'm looking at YouTube and I'm seeing like a late night show performance where they are definitely doing some choreography in the beginning that I hadn't seen them do before. Is it Letterman? Yeah. Okay. okay. I've seen that
2: one.
1: <laughs> okay. So- Okay, I haven't seen that one. It's 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 a it was it wasn't like a, a live televised like it was like a, a pre-recorded like soundstage. It was just them and the camera or whatever, just them three.
2: Because uh, I just want to say like that choreography, like I never, well, I have to agree with like what everyone was saying, um, particularly JP when he said like he didn't really like maybe he couldn't really appreciate whatever when it first came out. That's definitely me. I remember I was probably nineteen ninety seven, maybe eleven. And I just remember thinking, ooh, I didn't like seeing them like that. Like, you know, I'm used to seeing them be these beautiful vamps with, you know. And so, like, the pale makeup and the way they were moving. And I remember, like, it came on at my aunt's house and she's, like, super religious. So she was just like, I can't get with them Vogue. (laughs) So... I just, you know, there was just like, you know, this kind of like negative feeling I had towards the video. And now it's probably my favorite because I can appreciate the high fashion and the choreography and the styling, just the makeup, the hair, everything about it. And I think uh, Babyface and Guilano Franco did a great job with the track making it so haunting because I know there's several versions and I like a lot of the remixes of it. I love the the Tao Tei remix. But I couldn't appreciate it at the time now I can't, and like the choreography, like I would love to see the full choreography because that was like that's why sometimes I like lip sync performances just because you can see the full choreography that one like well I'll never know you know what they were doing when the director cut from it, so please, if you could find that, send it to me,
3: so let's get to some letters, folks. So um if you have questions, comments, or anecdotes, please, please, please email them to us at partofus evf at gmail.com and we will read them in an upcoming episode.
1: Uh, Well, so just as we we love you, we're gonna move on to a letter from Daryl. And it says, I'm enjoying the podcast. You're you're approaching the discussions from different points of view, and that makes for an interesting listen. I just finished listening to episode two, and Josh, <laughs> Born to Sing, not an iconic album cover? Come on, bro. It's the definition of iconic. Four golden sisters in clean, crisp white outfits lounging on the beach as the sun sets, bathing them in golden light, looking classy and sexy as I will get out. And in Vogue, written in red in that iconic font, accompanied by the title of one saying, "Hell yeah, you were, you were, ladies." It's bold, classy, cool, eye-catching. I'm sorry, but I strongly disagree that it's not an iconic album cover. All right, I said my piece, Darrow.
3: Now I have I to will respond. T-
1: okay. Go You go first.
3: I said what I
2: said. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and
3: it, I is was... giving, it is giving Easter Sunday. It is giving it is giving church. <laughs> I said what I said.
1: Look, look and, and I was not present on that episode. So I will uh, back him up and say that I don't think that the cover is iconic either. I do not. I never have liked it. I think that it's very um, underwhelming when your name is in vogue, especially when you think about the, the, the uh, explanation of, of how they found the girls and, and the statement they wanted to make with this girl group. I felt like that. Cover was very underwhelming. It looks very Christian pop, very Hillsong United, very, um, very BB and CC Winans Christmas album. It's, it's not, it's not giving for me. Um, I feel like the women have much more iconic photo shoots that, that white on the beach thing and it it's not, they're not
3: evenly yeah. like it's not evenly yoked like dawn is giving it to the girls face wise and max is giving it to them and then poor terry in the back just caught up in the cool, wind she, I don't just look at, she <laughs> only looked like herself it's who just was that?
1: not it's who was
3: just, that, just not
1: Harpo? who was that it's just not it's not i i i promise you when i saw that cover i thought that they had another member I promise you. And I was like, wait, but she was in the video. Is there another member in the group? Like, I was like, "Who was this woman? It didn't look like a magazine at all. So...
3: Did y'all see that? What was that album? Like, what was the album cover? It was like some rinky-dink, like... Alive oh, in was Alabama? Live in the USA uh-huh. or something where they photoshopped uh, Amanda's face all to Max's body. Oh, uh, somebody, they've been doing They've been doing these ladies dirty over the years anyway. It like,
1: sucks. It, it really does suck. I, I hate it. I will say that, uh, speaking of photo shoots, I did love that one shoot where they look like separate wives. Um, it was Cindy, Terry, and Rona in those like little pol- polka dot um 1960 1940s like Lucy Lucille Ball yes. outfits. I love they look great in those oh, outfits. Troy Jensen and even
2: That's why it looks good, yes. He did it.
1: It looked it looked great. But uh, but they, they've had some bops and some flops. And the Born to Sing album cover is a floppity flip flip flop flop <laughs> flop.
2: Okay, so I just want to recap. So thanks, oh, okay. well, that's, that's that then, Daryl.
3: No, 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 no,
2: no. no, I no, no. So the issue go, with go, it go, is the outfits and the fact that like Terry looks like she's kind of just caught up in the rapture somewhere where everyone else is like 'cause so there was that kind of like lack of you know, um consistency between each member of what they're giving. My
1: issue, my main issue is that it's not giving what the brand says okay. it's supposed to okay. give. That's my it's issue. if you say if if you say high fashion, beauty, iconic, edgy, that is not the album cover that you were giving me. It's
2: did not. You like? Did you guys like the the what is it, the insert and in in, they haven't like the sweater dresses, kind of the brown stuff? Did you like that?
3: I just feel like I feel like the I feel like they I feel like they were making they were giving some kind of palatable like like I don't know why they were like everything else in that era is fly to me. <laughs> like, Born the same. Like I think. Well, I think like a lot of like not everything, but like largely, it's give the rest of it is a different vibe than that album cover to me. Like I don't know, it just feels like my. The imagery that I think of when I think of Born to Sing, especially like music videos, etc., gives a tad more edgy and a little less all women in white. <laughs> and they're literally like, they have, like, they're so covered. <laughs> like, everything is just like a sea of white fabric. And I'm just like, this is this is not matching what, like, hold on as a lead single, it's just not giving me, like, I don't know. It's just not matching up. Okay yes everybody's like like it like it's been said a couple of times like we're all different opinions and every opinion has been respected and so that's kind of cool we can disagree about these things it's wonderful the album cover ain't gonna change i gotta live with it it's
1: old (laughs) you know it is what it is
3: um cool so our last letter comes from michael hamilton uh, Michael says what's up guys I'm loving the podcast and I'm a long time fan of Invoke I've been with them since the beginning I know the next episode will be about Dawn and I'm very excited to hear your insights and perspectives question I've heard Dawn contradict herself a lot over the years when Masterpiece Theater came out I remember her kind of ragging on the album then years later I heard her say that it was a beautiful album in that same interview I believe she said when the group recorded Don't Let Go she was already cut out of the group or she was already out of the group Uh, That's not the story that she has been telling over the, told over the years. Am I wrong? Can you all shed some light on the timeline? She wants the receipts. Okay. Well, I think JP looks like he wants to
2: take it.
0: Here's the thing. When it comes to all of them, I feel like the timeline is always scattered. And I've heard that, I mean, when I've heard Dawn say things, Max say things, even Cindy and Terry, it's all very contradictory to me, even depending on what story they want to tell at the time. Like, I remember when they got back together um, after, I think, the D E T thing, and they did, like, uh, they were doing different things. And there's this interview, I think, were they on A&E or something like that? In private
2: session. Private sessions. Sessions.
0: Yeah, and it was like they told some story about, you know, why they broke it. Like, I feel like the story is always a little bit different. There's always some inaccuracies or there's always, like, different things here and there. So, yeah, I've heard them all say a lot of contradictory things over the years. Um, I do remember Dawn talking about she didn't like Masterpiece Theater. I don't recall her saying she liked it, but, you know, she gave so many interviews over the last year. I don't know. I have no idea what she said as of as of late.
2: And memory can be spotty. I mean like there's certain things and like maybe because, you know, fans sometimes fans know more of the actual facts and oh on this date this happened and this is track number three on this album like a fan might know that more so than the artist because the artist is touring and the artist has all kind of other things and just outside of the actual artistry there's families and all kind of other stuff going on but i know i've asked cindy questions um on via cameo and like she didn't realize that love don't love you was a single she didn't realize that no Fool No More was a single. But with the Dawn question specifically, I do remember saying around the time it came out, because you, if you have to remember, Lucy Pearl and Masterpiece Theater were released the exact same day. And so. I mean, she won in that regard. In 2000, she had definitely won because Masterpiece Theater, I think, it debuted at 67. And then, you know, the following week, it was somewhere down in the pits of hell. It just ended in Vogue's career as mainstream recording artist. And I'm so sad that that happened. So I don't like that record for that Um for that reason, but there's other reasons I don't like it, which maybe one day we'll get into it. But I know that there was one of her fans on social media who always just talked about how much he loved Masterpiece Theater and how he wished Don was on Masterpiece Theater And I think she responded saying, oh, you know, I would have liked to have been on the record. So maybe she was, you know, sometimes like you'll say stuff to like appease someone like, oh, this person keeps, you know, saying on my timeline how much he wishes I was on the record and what I would have done. And just let me just say, oh, it's a beautiful record. I wish I was on it just so, you know, maybe the person will leave me alone. Then as far as don't let Mm. go, I do feel like with the breakup. Uh, that's always going to be contentious. Just because I feel like she doesn't own up to her wanting to go solo. I just feel like she tries to make it about the girls wanting her out or about money. But you know, you wanted to go solo and it didn't work. Just say that.
1: One thing I will say is that we all know that Don suffers from a a sad case of FOMO. You know, (laughs) she a lot a lot of the a lot of the things that she says about the group, whether it's past or present, if you read between the lines, it's really just her saying, I wish I was a part of that. That's literally all she saying. Like, even when she did the whole interview on TMZ about the Invo Christmas movie, it's kind of like, sis, just say you wanted to be a part of the movie. It's okay. But I feel like she's trying to maintain some form of pride and dignity to say, well, this isn't right or they did this wrong. It's like, no, sis, you're not a part of the group. And we're going to continue without you because we are still a group. But it's like if you want to be a part of everything, if you wish you were still a part, then just say that. And but maybe, I feel like if she does say that, she may have to be accountable for her part and the reason why she is not a part. Um, so I feel like it's definitely her saving face. But um, I feel like her, contradic- her contradicting herself is 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 a, a, a manifestation of her just sad that she isn't a part of the Kermit Invoke era. And you still could be. You still could be. But I don't think that you JP, will. JP, <laughs> what you
2: gotta say, JP?
1: I don't think that she
3: will. JP, JP is so funny because JP has a tail. JP goes. <laughs> 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 he
1: does! He does! He's building it up. He's building it up.
2: <laughs> it's not easy being a Don fan.
1: So so I'm wrong, JP,
0: so I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think that, again, when you talk about legacy and what you've created, I definitely think she wants to be a part of something, a part of it because she helped to build and she was an integral part of the legacy of Invoke. But I think it's, I think it's more about the legacy aspect as opposed to like I wanna sing with Cindy and Terry and Rona. You know what I'm saying? I think it's more like when you think about when you look back at your life and what you've done and what you've built, that is the most successful part of her life. So of course of course there's gonna be a part of you that wants to profit off of that. So I'm sure it's it's I think it's more about that as opposed to like I just wanna sing with y'all. Like I don't think it's that sentimental or that like you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's that. I agree with that for sure. I, I, I agree with I that think for
3: it's sure.
1: A, I don't think it's for the sake of singing with them. I think it's for the sake of like the brand, like all the opportunities that she's missing out. Like you know, not being featured on the album with Chance the Rapper, not having a movie on Lifetime. You know, not doing the billboards twice in a row. Like not you know doing the 25 year reunion. like there's there's just stuff that In Vogue is doing. Uh, currently being on uh on uh, the Coming to America 2 movie like that mm-hmm. she is not a part of that I feel like she wants to be a part of she wishes she was a part of but The drama is so far gone, you can't. So it's like, well, you can only resort to petty shade and, and, and YouTube blog press tours to get your story, to get your story heard. And it's kind of like, sis, what's the point of this? Let them have their moment and you create your own.
3: Well, I think it's because like right now, like sure right
1: now. I'm so sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) In Vogue has had like obviously like new opportunities, like the Chance the Rapper thing, like, you know, they they dropped a you know, electric cafe. Like, sure, but like so much of their bread and butter and so much of their visibility is around like legacy. And that is the thing. Like the 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 mixtape tour is a legacy. Like, it's about what's been built by all of those artists. And so I can imagine and I can, I can feel sympathetic to that to a degree. Like, it would suck to know, like, I have, um, given, all of this energy and time, and built something with these women, and I can't profit off of it. But I also can't even get the flowers. Like, like I can't even go on, you know, uh, the Billboard Awards or you know whatever, and sing the song that I sang over and over and over and over and over again for years, and be recognized as a part of an iconic group with these other women. And well, that's worth so- this.
0: Make it work, but you know that's a business but the thing, thing. I thought that was just so hurtful that I, I I felt a certain level of like hurt for her when she talked about how yes, get off, get off, how get up, the, <laughs> the red how the red dresses were um in the the Black History Museum in yeah. in D.C. and she was like, her and Maxine didn't even get any type of invitation or anything to even you know they didn't get any type of um opportunity to be there and it's like they wore those dresses like that those red dresses are iconic because of cindy don terry and maxine and and, and i'm like damn like you couldn't even get an invite that's true that's true uh, a letter to be like come on out to to, to look at these dresses like that would hurt my feelings on a different I level do
1: remember, I do remember there being like some like special where it was I don't know if it was like a YouTube video or like an Instagram video where they were in Cindy's garage and she was going through like memorabilia and those red dresses were in boxes and I was like why does Cindy have all four dresses what? <laughs> I was mean, like why well,
3: you know what i They that. about that. They hustled out the group. She had <laughs> well, to but see,
2: the but <laughs> see, it wasn't her garage, it was public storage, but that's what I to go back to kind of the climax thing when Cheryl Cooley was like, "Well, I trademarked the name because I was the only one left and when you left there was all these bills and all these things that I had to pay." So, why maybe Cindy you know, and Terry, like, just think how much they're paying for storage to store the stuff. If, you know, they know their group members better than we do. If we left this with so-and-so, maybe they'd be uh, moth, you know, moths would have ate it and it would have been lost and all kind of stuff. So I think, well, I can't say. A hundred percent. It just seems to me like the most responsible, the people that you know are going to get the business handled are Cindy and Terry. They might not even be the closest. And sometimes it's not about who you're closest to, but it's like, okay, we have to get this done. I know that I can work with this person. So I'm going to stick with this person. I know that this person is going to make sure the checks are deposited on time, That that this is done, that the promoter gets this and that the band gets this it's not going to be any issues you saw how um, when magazine and Don got together there was all this well the promoter didn't pay me and I think you did it there's just always this messiness and when you start separating people and you see where the mess still is you have to kind of you, see you, that
0: hello hello and then the I'm not Damn mad at it. that, but I'm just saying, y'all could have y'all sent an e-bite and be like, girl, this is happening. Like, we're not going to pay for your flight or your hotel room. Okay. But <laughs> this is an e yes. You if know, you, if, you,
1: you if you can get here, we'll give security your name at the gate.
0: We'll put you on the list. We'll put you on the list. And, you know, if you can make your way down.
1: Damn. Group breakups really do suck. They really do
2: suck. I, look at Sister Sledge; hmm. they're sisters, and like, was it who was the lead singer of Sister Sledge? With Kathy Sledge, she just toured that Sister Sledge by herself, and the other two. I mean, so this is there. There's always going to be something. I. My thing is, have your business in order. Don, you messed up when you signed your rights away. You really can't say anything. And I get like the kind of the courtesy thing. But if every time, you know, we get together, then all of a sudden you're talking about me and what I didn't do. I don't want to hear that. So I wouldn't want to interact with you. That's me. They did that Sylvia wrong thing together. Then a year later, there's all these YouTube interviews about what I didn't do and what this person.
1: And looking at Cindy and Terry. They're very, they're very aware of what they say. And so for me, I feel like when it, at least when it comes to Dawn, I feel like there is a lot that they can combat Dawn with. But they choose, but they choose not to. Like you know, all the interviews that that Dawn does, all the tweets that she does. Like I, I feel, I feel like if if Cindy and Terry were about that life, that they can come back the things that she says and and be like, well, girl, remember this, remember this conversation, remember this meeting, remember this conference call. That would that would really be like, oh, really? That's how you are. So I, I feel like they're really. I feel like there's a lot that can be said, um, and I feel but like you know she why? does the same of they
3: will They know it compromises the bag. Exactly. They know exactly. it compromises the brand. Exactly. They know that the minute that they engage in the mess, right. that that's when a blog is going to pick it up, and that's when everybody's reminded that the current in vogue is not. <laughs> exactly in Vogue and it brings all of this stuff back into the forefront exactly. and they can't go just tour. And so but I I give them credit because they have stayed consistent with the talking point that the door is open. Whether the door is actually open is for us somebody else to decide It's they with have, conditions. they have publicly but they have publicly said over and over and over again that never say never they they leave it vague and i feel like if if any of those women decided we saw it with we saw it with the sylvia roan thing they didn't have to like i don't know how that was arranged but like they didn't have to show up. Cindy and T- uh, Cindy and Terry didn't have to show up, and Rona didn't have to. If they, you know what I mean? Like it could have been, it could have not been, but like they have, in my opinion, at least from my vantage point, made it a point to to keep it vague because they know the strength and if they were to come back as a big, as all of them and they know and that so, more
1: opportunities will present itself for if sure the, if the original lineup was all together if a lot of a, a lot more doors would open in mainstream because unfortunately general audiences are still harping on the original lineup which I which I understand but it's like you know it's like don't burn the bridge so I feel like, you know, at some point, maybe something can happen between them two.
2: Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Music Podcasts, and YouTube.
0: For more Invoke related content, find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Invoke Craze, and on Twitter at Part of Us Fan
1: Comments or questions can be sent to evf at gmail.com. That's part partofusevf at gmail.com.
3: Special thanks to all the co-hosts. And um, thank you all for joining for another episode. And uh, I'm Josh. Uh, you can find me on social media at Josh Jinks, And I'll let my other co-hosts tell you where they can find you can find them.
1: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Champ Johnson.
3: And you
2: can
0: find me on Twitter and Instagram at Everybody Loves JP.
2: My YouTube channel is Your Little Dog too on YouTube. I haven't added anything new. Oh, well, I did, but it's not of In Vogue, but still check it out.
3: Cool. So until next time, folks, this has been part of us an In Vogue fan cast. See y'all next Bye. time. Bye.
0: This episode of Part of Us at Invoke FanCast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast, we're a fan community. You can keep up to date on En Vogue and chat with other fans by visiting En Vogue Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at En Vogue Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and En Vogue Fancast is not endorsed by En Vogue, E1 Music, or En Vogue Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective copyright holders.